with me I've got a very special guest Jay Sean who's done a few pieces for the website Paul is away moving house this week and it's really great to have you on Jay welcome to the show thank you for having me pleasure pleasure and uh, for those of you not familiar with Jay's work he's done some really good pieces on uh, tactical stuff so uh, he wrote uh, a great piece on Nani's role in the team and one on Rooney and uh, a recent one on Fabio De Silva and since, since we're talking Fabio he uh, I thought he had a decent game against Valencia on Tuesday night and and overall United just about did enough thoughts on the game uh, it was their training ground stuff it was very reminiscent of old United before Sir Alex Ferguson sort of decided to go all cautious but you know obviously United would have gone through no matter the results so I mean why not why, why not indeed? Yeah, it's remarkable how many chances United created and, and didn't take. And I, I guess one of the frustrations with Dimitar Berbatov is that he, he seems to blow hot and cold. He barely missed a chance against Blackburn a couple of weeks ago and then against Valencia. He had, what, four or five good chances maybe? Yeah, but to be fair, uh, Valencia's uh, reserve goalkeeper played very well as well, so that didn't really help matters. Yeah, their third choice goalkeeper, and it's remarkable how that happens sometimes, isn't it? Um, David De Gea, who's you know now in the headlines as a possible United transfer target, started as Atletico's third choice last year. Maybe Guiato is something similar. He certainly looked a good keeper. And certainly there has been talk in the today's tablet pages about United possibly going for him as well. So Yeah, I, w- I wonder whether that's a bit of journalistic license here. Yeah, let's fill some Colin inches. I, I, I can't imagine that one actually happening. Well, what do you think about um, United's chances in the Champions League? Then I, I, It's really hard to assess based on, on the six games today. I mean, given the level of opposition and, and perhaps arguably United had the easiest of the groups. Uh, do you think, do you think there's, there's a realistic chance of United progressing far? this tournament i think united will definitely go through the next round uh united will need one out of a uh, milan inter roma leon copenhagen and uh, i think marseille that's right yeah of these six i think ac milan is the uh, only side that might present the challenge to united inters in shambles all the other sides are in shambles so you know reasonable chance of well not reasonable but pretty much guaranteed to go through after that it gets a little tricky but i think i think there's a reasonable chance that united will at least hit semis but probably not final but semis will probably be the reasonable goal for united um, I, was, I was looking at this actually it's it's an interesting uh, potential draw for united i mean Mar- marseille are doing okay in League One but they're not top by any means Milan are top by three points but they've lost three games this season Roma are something like eight Inter I mean they're ten points behind Inter are about ten points behind Milan as well and and Copenhagen are, are, are miles ahead in the Danish league something like 19 points yeah 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 they, you know seem to have got that sealed but I wonder whether that's you know more to do with the quality of the opposition you know got to give got to give them some respect they did get a draw against Barcelona and right, they did right. beat Panathinaikos so they're no mugs but I, I agree with you I, I can't see anything but a United victory in the next round right after that it might get tricky but uh but yeah I mean I think Sammy still represent a reasonable goal for United I think one sort of English side that we ought to worry about is Arsenal because they will meet they have 50% chance of meeting the big two in the next round in you know, the Barcelona Real Madrid the rest of Munich and uh, Schalke and uh, they're no, no mugs either so there's a real chance Arsenal might go out at the next round 
Well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're playing some good football, but you always wonder, you know, just how just how brittle Arsenal are and, and uh, they, they, they seem to have picked up just a little bit of a little bit of steel this season but they've lost some consistency and, and right. uh, who knows in Europe they, uh, they were pretty tentative last night and obviously uh, the, the away loss in uh, Shakhtar and, and you wouldn't say on that form that they're, they're uh, favourites to beat Real Madrid or Barcelona if, if they you know, as, as you say draw them um, which brings us on to, to Arsenal at the weekend and well Monday night right, right. and, and um, surprisingly not sold out at the moment I mean I guess this is a factor of it being a Monday night but also the fact that many games haven't sold out at Old Trafford this season and thought, thoughts on this I mean I guess the big tactical talking point will be whether United play one up front or two well, I think it'll be very hard for Berbatov to be dropped. I mean, he is in a sort of a good form. I mean, he does blow hot and cold, but he had, he did score five in the, uh, against Blackburn. Although Tevez got dropped after scoring four goals against the same side. So it's not to say that Strasburg isn't capable of dropping him, but you know, it would destroy his confidence if he were to be dropped. And I don't think we can risk playing Berbatov against Chelsea. So I think there's a good chance that uh, Berbatov and Rooney will partner up front. And I mean, in the corresponding fixture last season, Berbatov and Rooney played. So, and Arsenal's defense is in shambles. Fabregas isn't playing. And Scalacci is a very bad defender. I mean, I... Yeah, he's he seems to regress every time I see him. I mean, Scalacci used to play for Sevilla, and Sevilla, along with the likes of uh, Benfica and Leon, is one of those clubs that really play the market well. And the fact that they let him go for so little, I mean, although he was on the last year of his contract, you know, he they did let him go very easily. And I, that really speaks for his abilities, I think. I think he's from the second tier of French defenders, and and given the quality of French defenders right now, I I wonder whether that's uh, that's not so good. Yeah, I, I agree there. I mean, I just wonder whether Arsenal might retain a lot of the ball. I mean, Valencia did that for what an hour on Tuesday night, and they they almost certainly will just play the one up top, Arsenal, and and they might retain a lot of the ball in midfield if if United do go with with a four four two. And you know, I, I tend to agree with you. I think that's uh, probably the likely scenario, and. Um, under pressure United push Rooney to the left wing as you've spoken about on the site before the uh, Wilshire is very important that he plays in the double pivot he plays a little deeper than I think he would like to and he's the passer of the side so either Rooney or Bovita will have to drop deep and play more as an uh, attacking midfielder than a second forward and really put pressure on him when, when United lose the ball and if Wilshire gets a lot of free time and space I think it'll be very hard to contain Arsenal possession wise but then again Again, you know, United can destroy and has destroyed Arsenal in previous couple of occasions uh, on on the counter. So that might not be a bad thing. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what what United's makeup is because with Berbatov in the side, it doesn't naturally lend to the counter attack. Sometimes, I mean, he's not slow by any means, but he right, definitely right, right. slows play down. And and right. and if you want to pick on form, then you'd expect uh, Fletcher to be at, at risk because he's not been playing well, and and Carrick and Anderson are the form midfielders for United. But right. but Fletcher's the big game player, so you'd kind of expect Ferguson to go to Fletcher if he's playing a. Anderson and Park and Nani and Rumi and Berbatov and I suppose that would allow Park to, to drop inside which he does quite a lot. I think Anderson and Fletcher are surprisingly similar players as, as things stand now. They've you know they Anderson certainly has developed into more of a box to box type player 
Although he's a bit, bit more aggressive and attacking than Fletcher, but you know, more the core of the uh, core of the play and the style is similar. So I think Fletcher and Anderson as a pairing might not work. And I think because Arsenal does play three attacking midfielders who are who interchange positions and stuff, uh, Carrick, who's an excellent player position, I think Carrick will be sort of essential in setting up the defensive play. And I don't think Carrick will be dropped, even though he's he had a horrible game against Valencia. He, he did, yeah. I, it's um, it's something we come to quite a lot on the the rank cast and I, I have always been a fan of Carrick I think positionally he's excellent I think he rotates the play very quickly and so that right, kind of recycling right. of the ball is was very important to United's 2008 Champions League win for example that that campaign I thought he was essential to that and certainly the the three league championships that, that the side won since Carrick came to the club and I, in the last year he lost some of that kind of oomph didn't he and um, right. perhaps just the, the passing went a bit wayward and, and on Wednesday Wednesday night again uh, although looking at the stats he made more passes uh, pass attempts I should say than anyone else he also gave the ball away an awful lot and uh, that's um, that's definitely failing against Arsenal because you don't always get it back but I don't know I mean the interesting issue regarding the Arsenal uh, squad is the fact that Van Persie has seemed to recover fully and has came back and I think he played four ninety 90 minutes against uh, Partizan Belgrade and it was interesting that in the first half Arsenal played very classical 4-4-2 with Van Persie and Chamak as the front two and neither really dropped deep and in the second half Van Persie noticeably sort of played as a second forward so I don't know whether Wenger will uh, risk Van Persie in the United game but if he does he will probably play as a second forward because for some weird reason uh, Wenger likes to play playmakers uh, on the wing so it'll be you know, Chamak up front with uh, supported by Arshavin uh, and Percy and uh, Nasri. I have to say uh, along with many other people I've been extremely impressed with Samir Nasri this season He, I, I saw an interesting quote from one of the, the Guardian journalists this week who, who said he'd turned around to some of his French colleagues uh, early in Nasri's career and said exactly what is the point of Samir Nasri and, and I thought that was right when he when he came to English football he, he was a typical Arsenal midfielder technically excellent but just a bit lightweight and uh, you felt he could probably be bullied out of the game but it, something's changed in him and not only is he scoring goals but he's really influencing games at the moment and he'll certainly be a threat that United are aware of from the, the midfield um, which which brings me on to, to United's midfield and we talked a little bit about it but uh, um, of course Paul Scholes uh, has has been such an influence for United over the years and, and might not make the game and he's been out for a couple of weeks now with this injury and I guess at least from United's squad point of view that would be a real shame. Right, but I don't think Scholes would have come in at the expense of Carrick anyways. And Scholes, I mean, as as great as he is, he can be marked out of the game. He can be pressured into making mistakes. So, you know, especially against the Arsenal side, who do play very narrowly and pack the central area, I don't think he would have been risked. I, 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 I tend to agree. I mean, I certainly agree on the uh, the analysis of Scholes being pressured out of the ball. Uh, I've, it, we've seen that happen in matches against Bolton and West Brom and Sunderland this season. So, right. um, especially away at Sunderland uh, that was um, pretty tragic watching that one and the, the <laughs> other the other um, key player I suppose and really is key on, on this occasion struggling at the moment is Ferdinand he came off with Ferguson called it precautionary yeah, he's apparently got a hamstring problem It'd be a major blow to United if he didn't make it on Monday 
I mean, there was an article I think in the Telegraph that he was he was in the ice bath uh, after the training session today. And I mean, certainly the talk coming out of the United camp is that he will probably make it. But when when he's not fully fit, he can actually be more of a liability. I'm recalling the match, the four three epic at Old Trafford last season against Manchester City and the loss against Liverpool uh, at Anfield. You know, he wasn't he was he was risked. He was only half fit, and you know, Torres and and uh, who's the Welsh? Fellow who used to play for um, <laughs> Craig Bellamy. Yeah, yeah, they had him for breakfast, and so you know, so I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'd rather. And the interesting, I guess, talking point if if he doesn't make it is whether Evans or uh, Smalling would play. I don't know whether Smalling would be risk given the experience, but at the same time, Evans is playing well, pretty terrible. Well, on on, on yeah, on form, Smalling would have to play. And I have to say, I've been impressed with Smalling every time he's played. I mean, clearly he's a he's a young player with very little top flight experience, and to throw him into a game against Arsenal, the league leaders at this stage of his career, would be a huge gamble by Ferguson. But uh, then again, I mean, Evans has just struggled. I mean, he struggles against physical players for sure right. and, and Shamak can be a physical player I'm not sure that he, he's in the same category of some of those that, that Evans has struggled against but on form Smalling would get it right and Smalling is interesting that he almost plays as a defensive midfielder most of the time and he seems to play better as he moves further away from the penalty area which can be a bit of a word because United will probably play deep line yeah well t- typically over the years Ferguson's liked to play 2v2 at the back right. and uh, he, he, he likes uh, you know quick players who are physical and who can go one on one against an attacker and and I mean all all the heat map and positional charts this season would support that United's fullbacks whoever's playing and but especially if it's Ever and Raphael or even you know Fabio they both play very very high up the pitch and and uh, United will take that risk and drop midfielders back to make sure that they don't get caught on the counter but yeah it'll be interesting to see I I assume that Raphael will get the position on the right hand right. side although again in the big games Ferguson does turn to John O'Shea O'Shea I mean, bless him. He, but he's not the fastest of player, and uh, although Archivan isn't fastest of players as well, but he is KC and you know Nasri can fill in on the left, and Van Persie could play in the position as well. So I don't think he can really be uh, called upon in this particular situation. We were talking a little bit about injuries there, and and um, the sad news, but not unexpected that uh, Owen Hargreaves has been sent away uh, for more treatment. He, of course, had what five minutes recently in his comeback match after more than two years without without starting a game for United and has a hamstring problem and uh, news in the papers this week that he probably won't be offered a new contract of course uh, we've been saying this on the rank cast for about a year now right. but uh, it seems, seems almost certain he won't be staying at United beyond the summer and almost uh, cru- uh, cruelly and cynically speaking uh, it'll be interesting to see whether Harvey gets, Hargreaves gets picked up by any club at all after this sort of fiasco I mean I don't think any Premier League side would dare pick him up even for a free transfer. So we're certainly not on a full-time contract and maybe a pay-as-you-play deal where there's very little risk involved. Right. And and, and uh, I, look, I think uh, I think the lad himself has to make a real call here. Does he does he really want to carry on playing? He's been through two years of pain and, uh, of course, there's the goal of 
coming back to full-time football but uh, if it's if it's just not to be it's just not to be and and uh, I have to say after the, the serious nature of his knee injuries mm-hmm. even if the knee's okay now everything else is going to fall apart and that's exactly what's happened to him and it's not as if he hasn't you know tasted glory and trophies and all that so I made plenty of money well at £70,000 a week an awful lot of money while not playing for United not not that that concerns me or the rest of the fans mind you um, it's a real shame he couldn't play but uh, he, he's uh, he doesn't need to play again put it that way yeah but I mean I mean if you know he has played football you know since he was very little and that's basically all he has done for all his life so it'll it'll be very saddening for him if he does have to leave football well United can't really you can't really justifiably give him another contract. It really does depend on, on what United might do in the, the summer transfer window, of course, and a, an, an awful lot of noise being made at the moment. And I, I'm sure many United fans take it with a pinch of salt about uh, perhaps £100 million being made available to Ferguson, which actually, if you do the sums, is about what he should have anyway, because the Glazers right. promised £25 million net per season plus any proceeds. And £100 million is about the minimum he should be allowed to spend but what are your thoughts on this one uh, let's let's just play fantasy football for a while if 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 ferguson has 100 million to spend what would be your dream signatures i probably sign a central defender to replace uh, Ferdinand with i would probably uh buy one defensive midfielder and one attacking midfielder and maybe a left winger if one does become available but i mean united squad isn't lacking in number and it's 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 a very solid squad and i don't think it needs that many uh replace additions to really make it a top class team uh i i think maybe just a couple of players could very well do yeah I, I think i think if you ask most fans they that's what they'd say too i there, there's clearly no major overhaul needed uh, right. certainly domestically united are competitive uh, in europe that m- might be different i i wonder i wonder just how well united might do against say real madrid and barcelona and bayern munich who who arguably the the three best in in the champions league this season but i guess to replace goals and gigs, what you're doing is shopping at the very, very top of the market. Right. And it would be nice to see that after quite a lot of younger players brought in, perhaps two really top quality players. So we'll see. I, I, I of course, have a very cynical hat on when I talk about this because I, I know the economics of this club. And right. uh, if we spend big now, it's a one-time deal. Although, I mean, even though the financial situation regarding United are pretty dire, it isn't to say that we can't afford to buy players. I mean, we could probably buy without any major risk in the short, medium, or even long term. Say, you know, twenty million a summer. I, th- I think we can definitely afford that. I and mean, with twenty million, even in this climate, I think we can buy a very decent player with that. Wait, what are your thoughts on the, the transfer market next summer? Because the UEFA financial fair play rules come in, and, and a lot of talk really about the, the. I mean, the market's cooled down a lot the last two summers. Perhaps right. not for the very high end players. You know, obviously, Barcelona spent a lot on Ibrahimovic a couple of years ago, and Manchester City spent big, and there's some talk hmm. about Chelsea rebuilding. But generally speaking, a lot of analysts would say that the market's going to cool down big time in the summer. I mean, it's hard to see a situation. I mean, Man City and Chelsea, you know, and Real Madrid and Barcelona, these sides probably won't be in the position, given the fair play and given their own financial situation, to sort of play in the market at, to the extent that they've done in previous, uh, you know, recent financial markets. United could very well be the sort of big, you know, uh, market force in, in the next upcoming summer. 
which could be very interesting, to say the least. It would be a turn up for the books, wouldn't it? It really would be, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I suspect my cynical hat on again, United will spend some money and mm. um, and then the Glazers will feel free to take what they right, like right. In, uh, in dividends afterwards because they can point to the financial strength of the club. And, and on the face of it, United is uh, an extremely strong club financially, just in revenue terms, perhaps uh, right. not across the whole business. So, uh, we, we, you know, talking about European football, I, you wanted to touch on the, the Ballon d'Or and I always like to digress a little bit from purely United. Of course, no United players in there. Not much of a surprise. Right, right. Uh, uh, given Rooney's form over the last eight months, he perhaps would have been the only candidate anyway. So uh, Schneider loses out to Iniesta, Xavi and Lionel Messi. Yeah, and Lionel Messi and Xavi, you know, I don't think there can be any question about their sort of worthiness of being in the, in the three. Iniesta, on the other hand, I mean, he played barely a handful of games last season because of the injuries and games he did play and he didn't play all that well. He didn't play, you know, and t- I mean, he did score the winning goal in the final, uh, and, you know, kudos to him for that, but he drifted in and out of the game and he wasn't really the, one of the very key influential personnel, uh, per- uh, people on, on the Spanish squad. So I, I think he, him being on the top three at the expense of Snyder is, uh, is a bit of a, unjustifiable thing. Although, Snyder, I don't think he would have won it anyway. I mean, he had a very good season last season, yes, but I think Xavi, who plays, does play in the similar sort of position, outshone, uh, outshone him, and uh, he had a he, he had a good World Cup numbers-wise, but if you take the game as a whole, I, I don't think he played all that well. Protected by Barcelona an awful lot, and uh, he barely completed the game, actually. I, I, I mean, I, romantically, I'd, I'd kind of like Xavi to get it, because he's just been such a wonderful midfielder right. over the last, say, five, five years, yeah, and it'd be nice. But look at the numbers, and Lionel Messi has scored, what, 72 goals in the last 74 games over the calendar year. Some, you know, roundabout, he's playing all a lot of games internationally as well right. and and uh, it's just phenomenal and it's it's hard on on any objective level to to not give it to him but right. romantically my personal choice would, would be Xavi just for what he's done over the years and Xavi does sort of embody the spirit of Barcelona and the spirit of Spanish team and he's the player that sets the sort of uh, tempo and the uh, and the tone of the of these two very best of teams so yeah it, it'll be a very close call uh, but I think Messi will ultimately get it of course, the uh, the Ballon d'Or uh, now merged. It used to there used to be the FIFA World Player of the Year and, and the Ballon d'Or voted for by France Football, and and uh, it's this weird hybrid voting system of national captains and national coaches and France Football correspondents who are the kind of foreign correspondents of France Football magazine. And and uh, I, I don't know, I'm not sure whether it will make a difference in terms of the voting. You used to get some very odd results with the just the national coaches. Uh, remember famously, Marco Van Basten got a whole bunch of votes after he had retired and uh, things like that. So, yeah, maybe we'll have some more reason to it this time. I, I don't know. I, we'll see. Uh, the uh, the votes uh, just before the end of the year, I think they announce ahead of the, the FIFA Club World Cup, which is uh, taking place in the Mid-East. Right. And uh, our old friend Benitez is probably last chance to uh, save his job, although that, even if he wins it, he probably won't get the sack anyway, given given the way Interside has been playing this year. Yeah, they've, they've well, emba- embarrassing defeat to, to Verde the other night 
nice. And uh, yeah, just haven't been playing Serie A either. And, and what, 10 points behind Milan and lost the, the Milan derby, uh, which, you know, would, if, if uh, for many coaches, would have done it. And uh, I, I guess the word is that uh, patience is running very thin with him. But uh, not, not that Massimo Moratti has made a, a habit of firing coaches halfway through the season, but you, you just wonder this, right. this time uh, that the team is not playing for him. Yeah, although to be, to be fair, I don't think there's anyone available who can come in and take uh, Helms at, at a club of interest stature, which might have uh, played into uh, Benitez's favour. That's that's very true, and um, changing changing managers halfway through the season when you're at top club is hardly going to hardly going to help his you know, Inter's cause. Uh, I, I wonder whether they would only do it if, if they think that the uh, Serie title is gone and it may well have gone already. Right, right. Uh, yeah, nearly halfway through the, that, the Italian season there. And, and maybe they're just, they'll look at the draw and see who they pull out. Of course, they, they could get some real big boys. Yeah, they can get Chelsea for one. And I, I, don't, I don't really fancy the current Inter side against Chelsea. I think Chelsea you know even with some of this mini crisis there and i think they'll walk all over into yeah yeah re- remarkable um remarkable turnaround from inter who, who want absolutely everything they they could have done last season but one crucial difference being that a certain portuguese manager has gone off to the sunnier pasture yeah so though one one wonders how how popular he is in Madrid right now after after that absolute thumping at, at uh, Barcelona the other week. Although um, you know maybe only only Mourinho could get away with that, and they have they are a young side and right. and uh, but you know that's uh, that is very embarrassing. I, I've spent um, a lot of time in Spain and, and been to the Bernabeu many many times, and uh, I, I know that there will be a lot of very unhappy people there about that result. Yeah, uh, can we talk a little bit about the upcoming transfer market in the uh, in winter? Yeah, so I mean, what what are your thoughts? Do you think do you think United will actually do any business in the in the sorry in the winter transfer market? I mean, it's interesting in that what United is really missing is an attacking proper attacking midfielder, and you know Pastore looks very tasty prospect. I mean, he's playing for Palermo side, and you know they're not playing in well, I think they're playing in uh, Euro Cup, but uh, not in Champions League, so he'll be eligible for the for the latter stages, and he he will be expensive. I think he will be at least twenty million pounds plus, but I think. I think he's a, he looks a proper prospect and I wonder if, if he can be brought in and will be yeah, I, I, I mean, I do agree with you. What I've seen of him, he, he looks a very, very talented player indeed. And uh, di- I mean, he's a young player, so I, I guess that would fit the profile of, of uh, those people United looking at. Not not that United have had a lot of success with Argentinian midfielders <laughs> in the past, of course. Um, and, and you're right, he would be very expensive. Palermo is, is not one of those clubs in financial crisis. Right. And and they have no desperate need to sell. They will sell, of course, yeah. but they'll sell to the highest bidder. And, um, and uh, you yeah, know, Maybe it won't work in United's favour to, to bid now. I, who knows? Um, I, I would be really surprised if that happens. Ferguson's yeah. not normally one for making uh, big statement purchases in the winter. I, I suppose he bought Ever and, and Vidic, right. both full internationals, but not of the same kind of you know, creative stature. And, and before that, Andy Cole turned up in the winter. But um, it's it's not typical of him. I, I would be I would be surprised. And like you, I'd love to see a, a you know really creative midfielder come in. Right, because I mean the way United play nowadays, I think. 
United could realistically challenge, uh, put a serious challenge for the European Cup if we can bring in a decent, creative attacking midfielder. I think, I think it'll 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 be done with very sort of tactical and defensive setup. But I think we can do it with a with a very sort of Snyder-like figure figure with uh, in the squad. So it'll be interesting whether whether United will bite the bullet and do something uh, quite crazy. Yeah, and 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 I guess one deal already confirmed. Um, Anders Lindegaard will come in the, the Danish goalkeeper. I mean, he'll just be a backup. Uh, I would assume that Ben Amos will leave on um, on loan somewhere. And and a, a lot of talk uh, over the last few weeks, and especially today. And, and yeah, okay, a lot of tabloid talk. But um, David de Gea, brilliant young keeper from from Atletico Madrid, uh, who every time I see him reminds me of Edward van der Sar, just in the kind of stature and presence, a re- remarkable resemblance. Right. And um, talking about Edwin van der Zaad, say, uh, saying uh, he's tried to um, base his style on Edwin's and uh, Manchester United is a great club, he says. And, you know, we'll take this all with a pinch of salt. Right. But, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on him? A lot of United fans seem to be in favour of him coming to the club. Uh I obviously I think people can tell from my accent I don't actually I can I don't actually have I have, have very little access to uh, Spanish football so I haven't seen a lot of them so I can't really offer any reasoned judgment but I've seen him a couple of times and in well, both times I've seen him, he looked very assured, and he's very young. He's very young, and that can work both ways. I think he does fit the profile of sort of young player that United looks to recruit nowadays. But also at the same time, you know, age is something that uh, works different for goalkeepers. You know, um, and I wonder whether his youth can actually count against him sort of assimilating to United side if he does. Yeah, I, there are, there's some politics in play here. I mean, United will bring in another keeper. I'm sure of it. I, I just can't imagine they'll settle for Lindegaard from for next season January is different but of course Neuer is the other one they spent a long time looking at Lloris and seem to have discounted on the uh, account that Leon will ask for an awful lot of money and I think it looks like they've discounted Igor Akinfeev on account of his size and you know you can understand that so it looks like they're looking at De Gea and, and, and Neuer and Neuer will be the more expensive of the two and De Gea's buyout clause is about 15 million euros which is very reasonable. Right. I mean, although uh, uh, the uh, German fellow, uh, Neuer, his contract is running around 2012, so he can't be that expensive. I think he can probably be bought for around the, about the same figure as De Gea. And I think Adler, who didn't make the Germany squad, uh, Germany World Cup squad, because of the uh, tragic uh, last-minute injury, I think he's a very good prospect, too. And I think he's a, he's on, on the record saying that he's a devoted United fan or something, so he could conceivably... And I think he's actually a better keeper than and lawyer from what I've seen. He's a very good keeper, and yeah, I, unlucky not to make the World Cup squad, uh, of course, because of injury. And uh, I, I agree, uh, he's a he's a very talented keeper, and I know they've been looking at him. And I suppose the way that United work, they they will not necessarily go for the headline figure. Right. And, and it wouldn't surprise anyone if he uh, if he turned up at Old Trafford next season as well. So um, I guess that kind of wraps things up. But traditionally, and even with special guest co-presenters today, uh, we we wrap up the show on predictions for the week and no midweek game next week we've got Arsenal on Monday and then another six games until Chelsea at Stamford Bridge the week after so what are your what are your thoughts on um, Arsenal next Monday Arsenal's crucial weakness is in that Wenger is a very uh, conservative manager regarding tactics and they really don't have 
option, any other option but the, but the sort of 4 2 3 one they're playing. And that really gives United a lot of room to work with. And it's at home. That is in relatively good form. I, I'd say 2-0. Two, two yeah, I, I think United win. I, actually, I think it'll be a slightly different game to, to some of the games. We've uh, obviously two very famous wins recently where United have thumbed Arsenal on the break. It was remarkably similar to two games at, at the Emirates and I, I don't think that will happen actually I actually think Arsenal will get quite a lot of possession but I think it will all be in front of the United and I, I think in the end that um, it will come down to the details and, and United will win is my prediction I suppose I'm going to go for a 2-1 everyone will be very happy with that I don't care if it comes off the ref as long as we beat Arsenal I guess that wraps things up for this week. Uh, thank you to Jay Sean, a special guest. I, I know I've been enjoying his writing on the website. It's been especially useful. Been very busy in my actual day job, uh, so haven't filled filled as many pieces as I'd like to have recently. So uh, many thanks to to Jay for appearing on today's show and for doing the writing. I hope you can keep it up, and we'll see you all next week.